Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We're going to go to our first guest from Canada, what they now call China, or what I call today Communist China, Communist uh, Canada, because we go to our special friend, Arthur Pulowski. His son, Nathaniel, is going to report right now. Arthur Pulowski has been arrested, I don't know, five or more times. I'm not sure how many times. Been jailed, held in solitary confinement, uh, been treated very brutally for preaching. And uh, Nathaniel had a tremendous opportunity. His son had a tremendous opportunity to speak in Europe recently. Nathaniel Pulowski, we are so proud of you. We want to report what happened in Europe recently. Where were you invited to speak? And I'm really proud of you when we talk about this. Secondly, get us an update on your father's uh, legal cases. And then they're now charging you with crimes as well. Uh, how old are you, Nathaniel? Uh, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll rename you Daniel or Shadrach or Meshach or Abednego, because I'm so proud of the way you stand. So give us an update. What happened in Europe? Where were you invited? And then give us an update on your father and you. Yeah, well, um, not, not not too long ago, a few days ago, um, I got back from Brussels, Belgium. Uh, I was invited to speak at the European Union Parliament um, in in Brussels, and it was it was actually intended for my father. My father was uh, invited, but because of his conditions, uh, the house arrest situation that he's been in for over a year now. Um, he could not go. So I went in his stead. Uh, what it was, was a citizens initiative. Um, it was actually organized by several members of European Parliament, about five of them, and many others support the initiative. And what it is, is a bunch of, a bunch of citizens from European countries that have had enough of the World Health Organization, the WHO, and other entities like the WEF, uh, infiltrating and r- really like subverting the the sovereignty of European nations. Uh, so these European people have had enough of interference and stripping away rights and, and freedoms under the guise of health. Um, right? They say this is all for your for your health and safety. So we're going to take away your rights and freedoms. Um, so I was invited to speak uh, as an outsider perspective, uh, from a North American perspective, um, speaking actually to basically what the what the repercussions are of stripping away our rights and freedoms under the guise of health, right? I, I think Canada was hit probably the hardest. I mean, Australia was hit pretty hard, but Canada was hit one of the hardest nations when it comes to police state tyrannical overreach of the government uh of course all for our rights and uh, for all for our safety by taking away our rights arresting pastors um trampling people with horses and seizing their bank accounts so i was invited to speak in brussels belgium um at the european parliament which was just an amazing experience i met with several uh, members of european parliament they were very sympathetic to the cause they are completely on our side supportive um they may not I'm not sure um, whether they're they're Christians or not, but they are completely for our rights and freedoms. They understand history that when governments take away, uh, when, when governments go after 
um, clergy, when they go after Christians, when they go after pastors, um, they understand what that means. I mean, this was done in Bosnia. This was done in Germany. This was done in Poland. This was done in Hungary. They always go after the pastors. It's um, Pastors used to be, they're, they're revered, they're respected. They're, um, they're showing you a, a different light. They're, they're telling you about an ultimate source that you're supposed to follow, an ultimate law. And with, with tyrannical governments, the state becomes God. So they have to eliminate people that point to an, the actual God, the creator, because um, someone who, who believes and has faith in God isn't going to serve man, isn't going to serve government. So they always have to eliminate those, those pastors, those people that are the, tip, the tips of the spear. So I was explaining all of this to European Parliament that what's happening in Canada right now is uh, going to set a precedent to the world. If you allow Canada to arrest and jail a pastor, my dad was found guilty on inciting mischief because he gave a sermon to the trucker. That's a thought crime. Inciting mischief? I mean, that's such an arbitra arbitrary charge. What does that even mean, inciting mischief? That, that means you're, you're saying words that the government doesn't agree with basically what he was found guilty on. And that charge has up to 10 year prison sentence term. If the judge wants to throw the book at him, that's up to 10 years in prison. Um, so I'm explaining to the European parliament, like this is very bad. This is a very, a very important historical moment that we're in. If you allow this to happen uh, in Canada, pastors, like, like just like the United States, we're a country that was built on Judeo-Christian values, um, and pastors were revered, respected, and in our in our criminal code, we have actual laws protecting pastors. That shows that Canada, not even so long ago, respected pastors. They were treated like frontline services, and right now we have them being jailed, arrested, and targeted. So if they can do this to a pastor, that means they can do this to anybody, and they will do this to everybody if you allow this to happen. So that's what I got an opportunity to share at European Parliament. Um, I, it was a cry for help, really. Like Canada needs help. We need liberation. Where pastors are going to prison, pastors are going to jail over saying sermons, uh, uh, saying the hope of of Jesus Christ, telling people to stand for the rights and freedoms, and to do so peacefully. Uh, my father, uh, the Canadian government, is claiming that any reference to the Solidarity Movement, which was a peaceful movement in Eastern Europe. Um, the Solidarity Movement was uh, a, uh, a union strike, a peaceful resistance, kind of kind of like what Martin Luther King Jr. did in the United States, where everyone took it to the streets, peacefully non-complied until the government finally decided to respect the rights of the people that are protesting. And that's what uh, the Polish people did. That's actually the movement that caused the, the Berlin Wall to fall down and communism to crash. And the Canadian government is saying that is mischief. Any reference to that movement is mischief. So the government is telling us they are exactly what the communists were, what the Soviet Union was back in the day. So um, we're at a very dangerous place uh, as Canadians. This, this case might be the most important case in Canadian history because if a pastor can go to jail, like his sentencing, he's already been found guilty. His sentencing is August 9th. Um, and what happens will will shake the world if if the judge decides to be a completely um, anti-Christian, anti-Christ, or, or or whatever he does, 
I mean, the fact that he's even been found guilty is just, that should shake the world. That should shake the free world that a pastor is now going to have a criminal record until we go to the appeal. And I do believe we're going to win that appeal. But right now, like we, we've, we've won appeals before. Um, my dad was found guilty last year and then we went to the court of appeal and we won it. But um, for now, this has set a precedent to all of the free world that global tyrants that are run by the WEF and WHO and United Nations, crazy people, um, are sending Christians to prison for speaking. And that's what I got to share with uh, members of European Parliament. And uh, that's the situation my dad's in right now. Um, we're awaiting sentencing on August 9th. And um, that, that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for the Canadian government. Um, of course, we, we have this global push with the gender craziness, the gender ideology being pushed on children. And um, there was underage drag shows going on where biological males dressed provocatively were reading to children. Uh, I went and decided to read the Bible and preach outside one of these events on public property, um, on the public sidewalk, not interfering with anyone, just preaching and reading the Bible. And uh, I was charged. I was charged uh, a couple months ago. And uh, the police, I mean, it's, it's a bylaw, but the police uh, charged me with uh, a bylaw harassment for, for reading the Bible and um, be, being within 100 meters of a drag event, which they consider a protest because I was preaching. Um, the crazy mayor of our city passed a law that you're not allowed to protest within 100 meters of a drag event, completely unconstitutional bylaw. But nevertheless, they charged me and uh, I have to get a lawyer. Uh, the charge, uh, I believe the second count can have a prison term up to a year in prison for a bylaw, which, uh, which is a municipal law. It's not criminal law. And yet the, the mayor decided to put a penalty of up to a year in prison. Um, of course, that's, that's not what I would get even if I was convicted. But the fact that even the law states that is just insane. So I have to get a lawyer. Uh, of course, you understand how how expensive lawyers can be, uh, anywhere from thirty to fifty thousand uh, dollars. So what they want to do, I mean, the the punishment is the process, right? They want to put you through the process to punish you. So that's what I'm facing right now. Um, I had to hire a lawyer, and it's it's very expensive. But that's just what they're doing to my family. It wasn't enough to go after my dad. Now they're going after me. Um, I believe to punish my dad even more. Um, because now we have to hire a lawyer. It's financially draining. It's it's stressed. It's all this stuff. So that's what we're facing. Um, however, uh, every time they do something to our family, it seems it always backfires on the enemy. It always provides this platform and this ability to um, do incredible things. And I got an opportunity to speak at uh, European Parliament. Um, and I got to share even a little bit of my story, which, which is basically the, the Canadian government is criminalizing the Bible and reading the Bible because it doesn't conform to their gender craziness. They're basically saying the Bible is, isn't inclusive and is hateful, right? So biblical truths are now not inclusive and hateful according to the Canadian government. And I got to share that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was an incredible time. Uh, I believe this is starting something big globally 
uh, people are starting to understand just how far the Canadian government has gone and uh, other governments around the world are following closely behind. Nathaniel, how can people help? What's a website they can go to if they want to uh, chip in for the tremendous uh, legal costs that you have? Yeah, if uh, if you want to help, you can go to my dad's website, art, uh, uh, sorry, uh, streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca, uh, street like a road, streetchurch.ca. Um, yeah, we're, we're facing, I mean, this is a long fight. Um, my fight will be, uh, I believe we're going to win it. Uh, but nevertheless, lawyers cost a lot of money. And my dad's fight, we're in it for the long haul. Uh, now we have to, after sentencing, whatever happens, uh, we have to appeal that process. All of this costs money. Not just, we're, we're not, we don't want to just appeal. We want to raise enough money for lawyers that we can start going after them. We can start going after the police for maliciously persecuting our family. Uh, we want to go after the politicians and the judges and everyone who's involved in this political corruption and uh, abuse against my family for so many years, so many unlawful arrests, um, we we want to start going after them because what they're doing is just it's disgusting and it's it must end. What you're uh, so it's it's a uh, streetchurch.ca, ca standing for Canada. Your dad came here to Canada from what? Uh, oh yeah, thanks for putting that up, Tristan. That's helpful. Your dad came to Canada on the basis of religious liberty from a communist country. What country was that at the time it was communist? Yeah, he came from Poland. Uh, he escaped, actually, um, just the corruption, the communist, the communist regime. Uh, but what he witnessed growing up was something called the Solidarity Movement. It's you can Google it, read the read the history of that. The Solidarity Movement was a peaceful resistance of Polish people who finally realized there's 50,000 communists. There's 50,000 bureaucrats and, and police enforcers and and tyrants ruling over 35 million Polish people. When the Polish people finally got to that breaking point, they took it to the streets peacefully. And, yeah, they had to acknowledge the fact that some of them might get shot. Some of them might go to prison. Some of them might be ticketed. Uh, this could end badly. But what is the price of freedom worth? So they peacefully took it to the streets, non-compliance, union strikes. They decided they're not going to work for the tyrants. And that's what my parents grew up under. My mom was handing out pamphlets for the Solidarity Movement, which actually had was a criminal. That was criminal under communist law. You could go five years to prison for handing out pamphlets for the Solidarity Movement. Solidarity Movement was outlawed by the government. But my, my, my family and Polish people, they witnessed this growing up. My family escaped and uh, they lived in Greece for a while. Then the Canadian government opened up their border and said, uh, if you come to Canada, you will never be persecuted for your faith. Canada is the freest country in, in, in the world. And that's why my parents immigrated here. And lo and behold, Canada has become worse than communists. Uh, and they're persecuting our family yet again. A question, is it appropriate, is it protocol for people on the World Prayer Network to write to either any political or judicial figure in Canada uh, making the case for your father? If that's a yes, then who would we write to? Yes, of course, it's appropriate. When my dad was in prison last year for 50 days, 
uh, illegally incarcerated uh, in solitary confinement, um, which is actually against the Geneva Convention. Anything over two weeks is considered torture. Um, actually, solitary confinement is considered one of the worst tortures uh, out there because humans, they need contact. They need human interaction. We are social uh, we are social creatures. That's the way God created us. So to segregate us like that is a form of torture. And uh, when my dad was in prison, Americans, uh, especially Americans, they were writing, they were emailing, they were sending texts and phone calls to the people responsible, to the prison, to the police, to the politicians. And I believe that was instrumental in helping get him out of prison. So, yes, absolutely. It's appropriate. Uh, Tristan, do we have that information to pull up on the screen right now? where people can write. Okay, uh, Nathaniel, you want to say anything about this? Everyone grab your yeah. phone and take a picture of this if you would. Yeah, so uh, the there's the number to the premier's office, uh, the person who has the legal authority to make this all go away, and our um, the minister of justice who controls the judges and the prosecutors. Uh, so if you want to email or phone them, uh, let them know that what they're um, what they're allowing to happen in their province in Canada is just appalling, and the treatment of pastors and the persecuting and prosecuting of of this pastor needs to end. Um, I, I believe pressure does work. I believe everyone, if everyone uh, takes the time to email and write them and phone them, this can this can actually sway them. Uh, so I would I would greatly appreciate. It. I know my family would appreciate it. Um, so yeah, thank you. Let me ask you a question. The first one says premiers plural. Is that just premier? That's the premier of your particular province? Yeah, yeah the premier's Alberta. office. Alberta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, and his name is? Uh, her name is Danielle Smith. And, okay. uh, she actually, she, uh, she was actually elected because she promised to set free pastors and truckers. She promised to bring an amnesty. Uh, for the persecution, the COVID charges, anyone who was persecuted under the under the COVID era, uh, she was actually elected on that promise. And now she, because of um, pressure of the left, if you know, liberal minded, um, she's she's um, not the strongest individual. She's not the strongest will person. Uh, she just cares about, she's like any politician. She just cares about winning a seat. She just cares about doing and saying whatever to win an election. And uh, she kind of rode the freedom bandwagon uh, during the election. And now she has doubled down and said that, mm -hmm. well, we're all terrible people. And, you know, the, the, the same tactics that uh, Democrats in the U.S. Uh, take to smear uh, conservatives and Christians so, yeah, she uh, completely lied to everybody and has not um, stopped the persecuting uh, truckers and pastors. Last time we wrote, it was to, what was his name, Jason Kenney or something Jason like that? Jason Kenney, and he resigned. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I, that's what I, I was thinking. So uh, let's my, say her name again, the prime minister. Danielle, Danielle Smith. Danielle Smith. And then you have Justice Minister Mickey Amory here. And, yes. uh, and that first phone number, the 403, is, is Mickey's number? Is that right? I believe that's uh, to his, directly to his office. And the one at the bottom 
the one that says Brooks Medicine Hat. That is to the office, the constituency office. Uh, we have a bit of a different political system. Uh, the constituency office of the premier as well and the justice minister. So that's kind of like the constituents. Um, yeah, so that that's another office that uh, has The one that contact. says Brooks, it should say to whom then? What's the name that should be there? That is to both uh, the premier, Daniel Smith, and Mickey Amory. Okay. So that's just another office that they have. Okay, very good. Thank you so much for typing this, getting this over to Tristan. Tristan, thank you for getting it up so quickly. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Wellversed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.